Blue Wire. Breeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Jones with a high drive to left field. Gardner back, and that one is gone! A swing and a drive! The deep right! Away back! Off the pole! The Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. All right, it's the walk-off. It's our Thursday edition, and that's when we're joined by a guest. And we got our big leaguer here, Mitch Hanniger, with the Seattle Mariners. It's Holden Kushner, Ryan Spader. And uh, Mitch, first of all, thank you very much for the time. Second of all, we're all locked in the house right now. What the heck have you been doing? Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I've been pretty much locked up. I try to go on a lot of walks. Um, luckily, lately out here in California, I've been having – some nice days. I know it's supposed to rain this weekend, but trying to go on a ton of walks and uh, just do my my rehab, my core exercises, stuff like that, and just and try to try to enjoy the downtime. I know days can get long and things can get boring, but try to find uh, something good in every situation. Hey, uh, brother, what? Um, how big of a deal for you? You know, as a guy who is, uh, you're still um, pre-arbitration, right? No, I'm, this is my first year. Already. Okay, okay. So, but how big of a deal is it that this year is going to count regardless of whether or not there's baseball just for you in terms of setting up your, uh, you and your family for the future? Yeah, it's really, it's really huge. And I think um, that was really important for um, all the, the MLB guys and all the guys in the union that we um, stood strong and made sure we got service time regardless of, of how many games are played this year. Um, because I think that would set back, you know, a generation or two of players if, if that weren't the case. So that was, that was a big deal for us. And, um, you know, I could say almost all of us are really happy that, um, we got that thrown in there. Yeah, brother. I'm, I'm really happy for you guys on that as well. Uh, one thing I know you and I have talked about it before, um, like similar to Edgar Martinez, I, I think you spent too much time in the minor leagues. You're behind that outfield in Arizona, uh, originally behind that outfield in uh, Milwaukee. I mean, when, in 2015, when you were uh, only 24, you were probably ready for the bigs. You're batting um, uh, 310, 368, 515 uh, at that point, maybe ready for a call. And you didn't get it until, uh, what, late 2016? Yeah, August uh, 2016. Yeah, just um, I got was, came up with the Brewers, got traded to the Dimebacks, and um when I got traded, Kevin Towers was a GM, and about a month after the my trade, um, Towers uh, got fired, and then they brought a new new GM in, and and they kind of had their guys and they had their their players, and you know went out, made some trades, made some made some signs, and um, kind of went to the back burner and didn't really play my first year in in Arizona, even in the minor leagues. So I was at Double A, not playing. Um, Mass, you know, I asked, I'd asked for my release. I asked to be sent down. Finally, got sent down and had opportunity to play. And I knew that if I was playing every day, I'd prove myself and show, you know, what I'm capable of. And luckily, um, I had, I did get that opportunity. I went down to high A and I finished the rest of the year there until I broke my handmate and um, played really well and kind of set myself up from there. And the next year, um, they kind of looked at me differently and I had a, a fair shot of things. And everything has gone pretty well since then. Do you think uh, it would have gone differently for you if you were with the Mariners from the start? I mean, maybe you'd been at the big leagues at this point for, you know, three, four full seasons instead of like the one and a half you got uh, in the books. Um, I don't know. I, I think um, 
I don't want to say, I don't know if I fully believe in like everything happens for a reason type cliche, but I also, I believe that you can make the most of every situation you're in and, and learn from everything that happens to you. So I think going through that with Arizona has made me the player I am today and has, you know, given me, it was a big test mentally. And, um, you know, I just had to double down on my beliefs with, within myself and confidence and all those things. And I think, um, going down, playing really well, and then, you know, working my way up to the big leagues and earning every step of the way, you know, gives you a really good sense of confidence because you kind of, I bet every time, every part of my career, I've always bet on myself and it's worked out well. So, um, and it just comes back to just putting in the work and feeling confident from the work I put in. Hey Mitch, how'd you guys learn, like you in particular, how did you learn that spring training was getting shut down? Take me through that moment. Uh, I want to say it was on a, like a random Wednesday or Thursday. I think I think the NBA shut down on like a Wednesday night. The next day, they basically told us we came in. They're like team meeting in the morning. Come in, so we roll in, and they can't. They're like, hey, like guys, all of our games are canceled. Um, just get a light workout in, and we'll we'll see you here tomorrow. You know, we're gonna do workouts every day. We we think it's really all. It's gonna be safe for you guys to stay here. It's no point in going back out to your home cities, then coming back, then someone might contract the virus and not know it. And then the next, it seemed like every couple hours, like plans changed drastically. And um, to no one's fault. I mean, this is just something that, you know, hasn't really happened before, I guess. I mean, there's always been, and I guess there's always been pandemics throughout history, but nothing that we've dealt with as far as on the sports scene for a while. Um, and then the next day it was like, go home, don't come to the field. Uh, take the weekend off. We'll see you Monday. And then I was like, all right, everyone go home, like be safe. You can stay here if you want. And, um, and then after a couple of days of guys just coming into Arizona to work out on their own at the facility, they just shut everything down to try to keep it as safe as possible. So they just told you to get out. So what do you do when it's like, all right, we're done. You can't come to our facility anymore. Good luck. Have a nice life. What are you doing? Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I luckily, you know, after a couple of years in the big leagues, if, if you're smart and you save your money, um, you're not, you know, I'm not dying for every dollar, but I can't imagine being a younger guy. You know, you've take most guys, it takes three, four, five years to get to the big leagues. And then all of a sudden, and you're and granted, like you're in the minor leagues, you're losing money. You're not making money. You're losing money every season based off rent, based off food, based off going to a movie every once in a while, like being a normal human being like you're in the minor leagues you're losing money you finally get to the big leagues and you're trying to you know earn that money back and, and set yourself up for a little bit and i feel bad for the younger guys in the big leagues and these guys in the minor leagues that are really like scrounging for this first paycheck and it, and it didn't look like it was going to happen um and i can't imagine you know being a minor leaguer working working two jobs in the off season or working one job and, and trying to still train and and waiting for April 1st or whatever the exact date you're waiting on that paycheck and it doesn't come. That's, that's pretty bad. That's, that's tough. And I feel for those guys. And, um, luckily, like I said, I was telling you guys earlier, um, my wife and I, we headed back to California cause it was going to be, um, better for us. We have an empty house to, that we're renting through my in-laws and, um, we have a good situation here, but, um, yeah, I'm very thankful and fortunate that, you know, that's something that we weren't having to pull our hair out about. Um, but I can imagine what a lot of guys could be going through and how they could be very difficult. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. I know Spader wanted to jump in with a question here, and then uh, 
I got one on, you know, maybe not playing any baseball this year, but Spader, go up, man. Hey, brother, what um, what are you doing? Because you said you're in a in-laws place. What what are you doing to get your hacks in? Are you are you hitting golf balls from the second floor into solo cups, or how's it working for you? <laughs> yeah, no, I had a I can't swing right now at all. I had a back surgery in early February, so um, I'm still in the rehab process from that. I'm just doing honestly, I'm just doing core exercises and trying to get my core built up, and then once I can move into strength training and start doing some lifting. And then from there, some some sprinting, some agility work, and then eventually um, into swinging the bat again. So I don't know um, when that will be. It all kind of depends off how the rehab goes and how how my body's feeling. And it's really hard to predict where that's going to be at. But yeah, I'm sure it's that's another thing that's really tough for guys. You go back home and you want to stay in shape because we're just waiting on the word. And it could be next week someone goes, all right, guys, we're all heading back to Arizona or we're all starting and you want to be ready to go so you don't blow an oblique like the first week you get back but you know a lot of gyms are closed and a lot of facilities are closed so um, unless you have a cage in your backyard or you you can find a friend who's got one that's got to be pretty tough hey we don't have any major league baseball we got no hockey we got no nba but you might think there's nothing to bet on and you would be wrong our exclusive partner bet online so has hundreds of sports events games to wager on betonline.ag you can go to vegas in your own home they got an online casino with blackjack they're open 24 hours a day all online Seven hundred fifty thousand dollar poker series too three quarter of a million bucks so it's pretty good if you're into props survivor big brother american idol stock prices the weather all this stuff Visit their website, betonline.ag. Join today. Get a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, BLUEWIRE. That's BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Yeah, but you're like double rehabbing, aren't you? Didn't you go through rehab last year, now you have to go through rehab again? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've had to go through a lot of rehab. <laughs> That's just so. Here's the deal, then you you get kicked out of the facility. I would think you're rehabbing through the team, right? So now, how are you rehabbing? How does that happen? Yeah, so um, just doing the exercises on my own, and hopefully that this thing doesn't take you know, hopefully it doesn't take months because right now there's a lot of most the majority of the stuff I can do on my own. You know, I can't do the soft tissue work and certain uh, manual man- manipulation type stuff that they'll do on your body. But um, I just try to roll out a ton, do a lot of the rolling out and mobility stuff on my own, do the core exercises. And hopefully uh, in the next month or so, you know, I can start working with someone again. Cause even here locally where I live, all, all rehab facilities are shut down. I can't even go see someone um, outside of the team that, you know, that's what a lot of guys will do in the off season. If they don't live in the club city, they'll go home and they'll work with a, a PT back home. But, uh, unfortunately, right now, everything's closed. Well, now you just scared the hell out of me because <laughs> I ruptured my Achilles two weeks ago. I'm getting my stitches out tomorrow, and now I got to find a place to go rehab, too. And I feel like that's right. just going to sit. And you you rely on your body here to make your money. Like, yeah. this is a – this is uh, – I don't want to get too serious on you, but this has got to be a little bit of a, a tentative time for you trying to get back to 100% without having the people that you rely on to get you there. Yeah, it can be difficult. Um, definitely. But I think I'm doing, I know that I'm doing everything I possibly can every day. So, uh, I sleep good at night knowing that under the circumstances I'm doing everything I can. I have, um, you know, a little set of home 
some some small home gym equipment and some stuff that I can use to some bands and all that kind of stuff. And once um once I'm able to do like full body lifting, I'll definitely have to try to work something out somewhere where I can go in and get that done. But right now it's that's not looking good. <laughs> Hey, brother, I'm going to flip the page a little bit on you here. Um, you were uh, one of the players who was pretty outspoken about your belief that um, Edgar Martinez, your hitting coach at the time, belonged in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. And as you know, I've written a couple pieces on him belonging in the Hall of Fame. I firmly believe he belonged in the Hall of Fame. Me personally, I don't care for the designated hitter, but uh, I just it's a part of baseball. There's nothing we can do about it. So Edgar Martinez belongs in the Hall of Fame. Now, when uh, we were discussing this. You mentioned a um, a story about uh, Edgar stepping into the box when you and Valencia were taking some uh, some hacks. You mind yeah. uh, taking us through that? Yeah, I mean, this was my first spring training with the with the Mariners, and you know, obviously Ed, Edgar Martinez is God, and everybody knows who he is, and I knew who he was. And um, one day after spring, I don't think either me and Valencia weren't traveling that day for the game, or we weren't playing a game that day, but. We were on the backfield hitting after uh, our workout was over, just taking some extra swings. And, of course, Edgar was our hitting coach at the time, so he was there watching us and working with us. And everyone in the stands was like, like, start chanting Edgar. And so me and Valencia were kind of egging him on to take some hacks. And, like, we were hitting off pretty nasty curveballs, like 12-6 curveballs. And, um, you know, it took us the first couple, you know, I, I mishit some, a couple pretty badly the first couple of swings and then started, you know, getting into a groove. And we convinced Edgar to get in the box, so he just walks in. And like four in a row, line drives right center. Like not even, <laughs> not no foul balls, not swing and miss. Like four in a row, line drives right center and walks out. And we're like, well, shit, you know? <laughs> no wonder. But yeah, I mean, that guy belongs to the Hall of Fame. And I, um, I don't, it's for me, I don't really think guys can get, um, let's say punished or for, for not, playing a position if they're if they're a dh and that's their role and for for 15 teams in the league um that that dh is a spot so if you're the best at it for an era you know i think you just deserve to be, belong in the hall of fame but um you know everybody's entitled to their own right and opinion and um i know that everyone wants to know there's a lot not everyone but like you just said there's a lot of people that want to go to a dh with all 30 teams and I don't. I think I side with how it is right now. I really like how pitchers hit in, you know, the NL and in the AL. You have the DH, and it's fun playing interleague. And um, I think it's cool. I think it's it's really fun to play in the NL because of there's so much more strategy that goes in. And I think that's where managers become extremely valuable. And a you know experienced manager knows the right moves and knows what to make. And and the way that front offices are kind of shifting towards. Um, really young managers who might be inexperienced at times. I think it's cool to, in the NL, that it doesn't really fly as much. You really got to know how to manage the bullpen, how to manage that that nine spot once the lineup turns over a couple times and once you need to pinch it for the, the pitcher and make double switches and all those things. So I think there's a lot of strategy to the game that's really cool, and I don't want to see that get lost. Hey, Mitch. So my paycheck from – from April to, I would say, through June is solely based on baseball. And I'm yeah. freaking out because I don't think there's going to be – But Spader and I have a bet. I don't think there's going to be baseball before June at the earliest, if there is at all. What if there's no baseball this year? What if the season is canceled? Have you given any thought to that at all? Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, 
that's it, it's a possibility and i think right now like anything's a possibility we but um i don't know i mean and like i said earlier when i was talking about guys not getting their paychecks like everyone falls in that category and i'm not trying to um say like look you guys like we're not making any money and, and blah blah like there's so many other people that have gotten laid off in this time have lost their jobs can't work can't make money and i feel for you so i'm not trying to say you know the minor leaguers and young guys and, and guys playing i'm very grateful for where i'm at and i i know that all my teammates will say the same thing um so i'm not trying to like bring in a whole bunch of negative attitude towards us and because we're not you know making our full paychecks and blah 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 I, there's a lot of other people out there that got it a lot worse than us and and I feel for them and so you know I just want to make that that point and make that clear that it's not we're not sitting here saying boohoo and we know that the rest of the world is um, struggling too and uh, yeah like you said I, I don't know man I think I honestly I try not to think about it because there's so much uncertainty and I just try to keep stepping in the right direction and and uh, whenever that may be I think it's above my control so to worry about it is just uh, trying to chase the wind. Mitch, I, I really appreciate you taking the time with us. And I also want to thank you. This is the first time I think we've uh, spoken on any means other than email or text or something. And uh, I want to thank you for what you did for the Sepper Five Fund last year, going to bat for our veterans in need. Uh, Mitch probably won't tell everybody, but he, he went out and signed a dozen baseballs for people who donated to Sepper Five Fund to um, help out our veterans in need. We're talking about guys missing limbs and with traumatic TBI and with burns over 90% of their body. And that's where this money goes. So um, I, I really appreciate you going to bat for our guys and uh, helping us man. out with that. Anytime man. you, uh, anytime you want me to sign anything, like I love doing that for a good cause. So um, I know I was telling a guy who does a similar thing with um, veterans on uh, signatures for soldiers that I was going to yep. send him a bunch of cleats when I got up to Seattle. Unfortunately, I'm not up there yet, but once I get up there, I'm going to send him some cleats because I know he does really good work too, just like you. So, uh, you know, any way I can help. I, again, man, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you, Jordan Holden and I. Uh, you can follow Mitch Hanniger on Twitter, M underscore Hanny17. And uh, are you on, you're on Instagram too, right, man? I, I, yeah. I don't really do the Instagram too much. What is it? Same, uh, same, same, yeah, um, same, same, same right, sweet. Emma, well, hold on. Now I'm curious because you're uh, number 19, right? No, no, I'm 17. I oh, was okay, 19 okay. Uh, with the Diamondbacks. Oh, all right, all right. I mixed up. All right, sweet. All right, well, I, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. Uh, we love doing this stuff, so uh, hopefully you'll we'll come back once there's baseball. Yeah, definitely, man. Hopefully I'm, we're all praying. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Mitch. Mitch Handiger joining us here on the walk-off. want to remind you, if you get a chance, uh, leave a five-star. I'm not talking with you here, Mitch, unless you want to. But leave a five-star review on <laughs> Apple. <laughs> Give us a five-star review. Make sure you tell us about your favorite walk-off in the history of the game. And then we are, uh, we're we're going to pick out one of our listeners. We'll give you a copy of uh, MLB The Show. By the way, Hanniger, how many walk-offs have you had between the minor leagues and the major leagues? Do you remember? Um, in the big leagues, I've had two, two walk-off home runs. And in the minor leagues, I don't even, I don't know, man. I um, I don't think I had any walk-off home runs. I think I had a walk-off hit or two. But, yeah, no, not until the big league. So that was that was fun. All right, thanks. Yeah, go on, go on, Spader. I'm, I'm pretty sure Derek Jeter only had one walk-off home run. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. <laughs> don't He's no hander. Derek Jeter. <laughs> He's no hander. Take care, Mitch. Thanks for the time, buddy. Yeah, thank you, guys.
Thanks, brother.